Hello everybody, this is Curtis from Tremble letting you know that we are brought to you by Shudder. Shudder is the horror movie streaming service that brings you all the latest and greatest that horror has to offer. But you don't have to take my word for it. You can use TremblePod, that's T-R-E-M-B-L-E-P-O-D, when you sign up for an account. This will give you a free 30-day trial on us, so you can check it out for yourself. With that said, let's get on with this week's episode. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Tremble, the horror movie podcast. I'm your host, Curtis. With me, as always, is Steven Taylor. How are you two doing? Pretty good. Yeah, doing pretty well. Nice. Uh, Poltergeist, double feature this week. Yeah. But not the one you probably expect. We already talked about the first one. Because we already did. Yeah, we already did the first one, and we're not doing the remake, I fucking hope. Uh, No, I don't (laughs) think there's any reality where I would do the remake um <laughs> and the thing is like i think the remake i watched it once i would never watch it again um and yeah i'm perfectly okay with that um <laughs> but yeah no we're talking about poltergeist 2 and poltergeist 3 uh both of which i, I there's no way to say this but unkindly but they're, they're not as good as the first movie just there's no, no way around it like and that's putting it lightly. Like, I I don't think I'm like gonna like, like, just totally like trash this one. Like, I'm not gonna like two out of ten it. But, um, yeah, I, I, it's not favorable for sure. Yeah, I don't think this this neither of these movies are unwatchable. But no, I think for the first one we're doing the second movie, it's the the special effects are what kill it for me. Whereas with the third movie. I feel like the special effects are a lot better. And it's funny because it was nominated. The second movie was nominated for special effects. And the third movie was the only Poltergeist movie besides the remake not to get nominated for anything. That's crazy. Right? That seems wrong. (laughs) Yeah. Especially because like the third one's got some interesting stuff with like mirrors and stuff. So. Well, the the second one's got the vomit monster though. Mm. This is true. Which was designed by Giger. Uh, HR Giger. And it also has the uh, braces scene, which if you've ever had <laughs> braces, that scene the, just sticks with you. The second movie, I'm going to say the second movie is like they took the first movie and they blew cocaine in its face. <laughs> yes. And they're just like, let's just do this! Because everybody's performance is insane. Insane. Yes. Joe Beth Williams is screaming for the most of this movie. <laughs> Um, and it's crazy, which, I mean, I guess she handed the torch over to Laura Flynn Boyle for her scene in that move in the third yes. movie, because, I mean, just, like, way too much. Like, can you, can we dial it back a notch? But Craig T. Nelson is on some fucking cocaine amphetamines and shit, especially for that, uh, that scene at the, at the screen door with Kane. Like, mm. what is going on in that scene? And... <laughs> Let's be real. The second movie is made, and I say like capital M made by Julian Beck, who really makes this yes. movie above and beyond what it otherwise would be. Like if he wasn't in that, so which also I think leads to its downfall. I mean, the fact that Julian Beck died while making this film totally scrapped like almost everything towards the end of the second and the entire third act. Mm-hmm. And like it the- ruins it. It it completely ruins it. And the third think... movie is a recast too. So like Yeah. 
and it doesn't work. Yeah. Sorry, Taylor, you were about to say something. I was just going to say, I read something on the internet that um, Heather, um, how, why am I forgetting? Heather Rourke made some sort of comment that the second Poltergeist movie is actually boring and not scary at all. Um, and I feel like uh, Julian Beck is like the only thing in this movie that really is creepy or kind of scary. Like there are some some scary things that, yeah, if they happen to you in real life, that would suck. Mm-hmm. But for the most part in this movie, it's kind of just like, you're following this family and and just kind of hoping that they'll listen to the right people and <laughs> not yeah. get themselves into trouble. Well, and it's funny that, that Heather O'Rourke was quoted as saying that because Julian Beck is the thing that scared her mm-hmm. on the second movie. Like, she had a real hard time being in the same room. And I mean, like, I get it. Like, he's dying of scum- stomach cancer at the time. He looks gaunt. He, I mean, he looks like a walking skeleton, but it mm-hmm. adds so much to the performance because you can see the sickness in his face mm-hmm. oh 100% like, and and you wonder how much makeup was actually needed for that performance and and like especially the line you're all gonna die in there like oh, that whole thing like so well done and it, it's sad that it is in such a movie that was just like obviously like both films were just obviously just a producer push to mm-hmm. like we need more of this stuff yeah hundred percent. Um, but and technically Poltergeist Two is called Poltergeist Two the other side, I should say. Mm-hmm. Even though I don't think most people call it that. Most people just call it Poltergeist Two. Um, well, and it's funny too because the other side is is more often brought up in the third movie too yeah. than in this movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. I was gonna say, yeah, they should have saved that for the third movie. Yeah, because Poltergeist Which... Three doesn't have a subtitle. It's just no. Poltergeist Three. And Although, Poltergeist 3 is the Gremlins new batch version of Poltergeist. <laughs> <laughs> Although not nearly as funny. Although no. there was a ghost that came out. Eh, wearing, it's kind of like, funny. <laughs> with, if it had like a ghost in a dress and lipstick, that would that would kill it for me. Um, <laughs> but what is Poltergeist 2, the other side, even about? Uh, the official summary is the Freelings have escaped their haunted house, which is now being studied by paranormal investigators, including Shaman Taylor, when Taylor realizes that the beast masquerading as the Reverend Kane knows where young Carol Ann Freely now lives, he goes to warn the family that her daughter is in danger again to protect Carol, her father, Steve, and the rest of the family must plot to take down the beast. And mind you, they were unsuccessful because third movie. But hey, you know what? That's showbiz, baby. I like that this Shaman Taylor, too, shows up for this film, and then in the third movie, he's just like, nah, I don't care about Caroline anymore. She can go fuck herself. <laughs> oh, the entire family's like, like, uh, Caroline, uh, we don't want to deal with your shit anymore. We're going to send you to yeah. live with your uncle. Yeah. It, yeah. It, all of it makes no sense at all. Like, like sadly, um, because the, the these productions, starting from the first movie, they're cursed. Yes. Mm. So, sadly, I mean... Uh, Dominique Dune was murdered after the first film. Mm-hmm. Uh, Julian Beck died during the second film. Um, the the guy that plays the shaman, who was also in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, he died of cancer uh, less than a year after the second film. Uh, Heather O'Rourke died after uh, during the production of the third film. Yes. Uh, all because they used real skeletons, and it was just such a shady producer shit move to do. And not only did they have the 
they knew that after doing that in the first movie that there was some weird shit happening. So what do they do in the second movie? They do it again. <laughs> cut corners and use real skeletons and are again fucking cursed. And like so much so that um the, that uh I'm spacing on his name right now is Gary something uh, that Sherman? was the, the Gary uh, not not Gary Sherman who did the third the third movie but the one that plays the shaman in the second movie. Um, oh um... he well, he was a real-life shaman. Will Sampson? Will Sampson, that's right. Yeah. He was a real-life shaman, and he went into the set in the middle of the night and did an exorcism to the set. That's crazy. Of the second movie, because everyone was scared to come back to work there, because nobody fucking learned. <laughs> yeah. And believe in curses, believe in the supernatural or not, there's too many weird coincidences around this film, dealing with death and dealing with people almost died i mean it killed joe beth williams's career essentially like it was like almost at a dead stop she really couldn't get cast in a lot of stuff after it yeah um and and even craig t nelson when they they asked him if he would do the third movie he's like two's enough <laughs> yeah yeah exactly he's like i'll just continue being coach <laughs> yeah well he's also like hugely successful at the time so yeah true um yeah, when was the first time we all watched Poltergeist 2, The Other Side? I know I was a kid. I had to watch all these movies roughly around the same time. Yeah, uh, same. Um, but I hadn't seen them since then. Um, aside from the first movie, I hadn't seen the second and third one until re-watching it for the podcast. So it's been a long time. So it's almost like they were almost, in, in some ways, they're almost brand new to me again, mm. which is good mm -hmm. and bad. <laughs> yeah. Well, this movie made a lot of money. Like, it, mm -hmm. it's crazy to think because, like, I look at it now and I'm like, this is not a good sequel. Like, I, no. I just don't like this as a sequel for the first movie. But it made $75 million on a $19 million budget. So, I mean, say what you will. People showed up for Poltergeist too. Yeah, they did. I mean, it had, like, a lot of overlapping cast for the most part. So I think mm. that probably helps a little bit because you're still following the story directly after the first well, I guess it's not directly after. It's supposed to be uh, just a couple years later, at least. But it's yeah. it's basically picking up from directly where the first one uh, finishes, because you get like flashbacks and everything like that too. So mm -hmm. I, I I liked that about it at least that there was a decent amount of the cast that came back. And I am eternally sad about Heather R. Work because I feel like she could have been so fucking good in like horror movies for like mm -hmm. decades after that. Mm -hmm. um, her her character in both of these movies I feel like is the redeeming uh, character for all of these mm -hmm. just because of her acting ability, especially in the third one. Um, she was a cool ass little kid, um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I'm always sad about that. But mm -hmm. I can't I mean, remember where I was originally going with that thought. I'll get into it more in the episode on the third film, but uh, I mean, when like I was like like seven, but probably about six or seven when she died, and I remember reading about it in the paper and kind of like being kind of like obsessed with it, like this kid that was just a little couple of years older than me had died of something so horrible yeah. after being like really popular and stuff in, in films. Like she was, a, she was a popular little star and stuff. And mm. I remember just being like, I was kind of transfixed by it. Um, yes. Cause it was the, f I think it was the first time that child mortality was kind of like put into my mind. Mm -hmm. Um, 
Yeah, and, and now when when you know an adult and and, and looking all the behind the scenes and, and and producer notes and all this kind of stuff, you're like, fuck, man, all of this shit can be avoided. Like her stuff, she was misdiagnosed, which is so odd. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's such an odd thing. Like everything about this is weird. Like fuck, you even look at the first movie. Dominique Dunn was strangled to death by her boyfriend in broad daylight in her driveway. That's crazy. How yeah, the fuck, that's how scary. The, how the fuck does that happen? You know, it's so weird. Just all of it's weird. Yeah. I think, well, they say that the third movie, because Heather Rourke's death was like partway through, that the Mm -hmm. director had like a hard time finishing the movie. But I feel like that movie feels more complete than two. Yeah. For me at least. Two completely changes directions. Yes. I mean, it got cut down like a shit ton, didn't it? Yeah. Like an hour and a half, over an hour and a half to just about that or something and apparently it's all it's all uh uh, zelda rubenstein stuff that gets cut down and she was really really angry about it too um because it it does feel like she's very clipped in Mm -hmm. in 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 her stuff that that happened that that happens in the movie like her involvement in it um i mean it's a lot she does get more to do than she does in the third film yeah i was gonna Uh, say even the third one she's barely there well she got like a Razzie for the second film. That's well, she to be honest, Zelda kind of deserves a Razzie for all of the <laughs> Tangina is not the greatest character at all. And and no. all of her line deliveries are exactly the same. hundred percent. You know? Yeah. Like when I heard she got a Razzie, I'm like not surprised, but also at the same time I felt bad that like a lot yeah, of it's harsh. It's harsh. I, I I think when you're giving Razzies in the horror department, it's kind of unfair. Yeah. Mm. Because especially when you're a divisive character like Tangina Barons is. Yeah. Like like what do you expect from that? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like are we like but then at the same time, Lin Shea kinda comes and does the same thing in Insidious and fucking knocks it out of the park. So Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you know, but I mean that's Lin Shay, and if anybody says a bad fucking word about Lin Shay, we fucking get to fisticuffs. Um, <laughs> but True. I digress. But uh, I kind of love Zelda. Um, I yeah. love that she was in behind the mask for that quick little scene. Yes. Um, there's there's something there's something iconic about about Zelda, and I feel like horror fans, Razzy aside, we revere her. For sure. Mm-hmm. And she is a part of these movies. Like, whether you want to mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> think of it in a good way or not, like, I mean, she makes these movies what they are. Yeah. I, I think your trifecta in the Poltergeist series is um, Carol Ann, mm-hmm. uh, Tangina, and Kane. Those yeah. three <laughs> characters are the tether that holds this whole thing together for better, again, for better or for worse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. First time I watched this movie, uh, I think same thing as you, Steve. I was I watched it on TV. I think like I was. I was young. I know I was. Yeah. I mean, these movies played on cable quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's interesting because I watched the second one on cable, and obviously it was edited for cable. But then I watched the third movie like uh, VHS rental, and obviously that wouldn't have been. And uh, I remember being, like, so scared of the third movie. Uh, <laughs> also, too, like, I had a grandmother that lived in a high-rise, and we would visit her, like, weekly. 
And after I saw that movie, oh, I was afraid of like visiting her. I'm like, no, no, <laughs> like <laughs> Grandma, come down and outside. I'm not going in that building. But <laughs> <laughs> well, we can get into that when we talk about the third movie. But um, yeah, second one I definitely saw on cable. Uh, it was. It would have been like probably the early to mid '90s. So. Um, what about you, Taylor? What was the first time you watched the movie? Um, for the podcast, it was oh, kind of like Steve was saying earlier with it being brand new. It was actually brand new for me, so <laughs> that was that was kind of nice. Though I like I like being able to watch things that have, especially with a series like Poltergeist, where mm-hmm. I've seen the first one, but. Yeah. I'm eternally curious about the uh, sequels. I am very glad we watched them for the podcast, even though they might not necessarily be things I go back to frequently. But <laughs> I'm I'm glad they're in my repertoire. Nice <laughs> well, well, like... yeah. I I there are some characters in these movies, like especially with Carol Ann, that I just really have a fondness for. So it's it's mm-hmm. I'm and especially because I I watched these like really recently, like just in the last day or two. So I'm still like coming to terms with some of the badness of these movies. <laughs> well, we'll talk about with the third movie, but like, I didn't realize that the director of Poltergeist 3 also did Dead and Buried. And mm-hmm. there's like some shots and stuff that are like very in line with that. I was like, oh, okay. Like, pleasantly surprised. But again, that's, that's third movie stuff we can talk about later. But um, we have a few <clears throat> emails. Uh, Tyler says this movie pales to the original, but fuck me when Kane shouts, let me in, let me in. I lose my shit. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's so good. It's such a good sequence. Yeah. Like again, and... cocaine fueled, but. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's like a little, like, that's the part of the movie too, where I was like, wait, this, he's obviously trying to trick him, but there could potentially also be a chance that this movie does a flip and makes the indigenous character the evil one and somehow the white priest guy the good guy and then it didn't go that route and i was very pleased by that oh thank um, but there was like a little bit of that fear in me too during that scene so on top of the creepiness of this like of the kane character and how obviously terrifying he is i was like also a little bit scared that they were going to pull a reverse a reverse card out and it was going to get a lot more awkward to watch but we're good mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah it's not Firestarter. If they did that nowadays, if they remade the movie nowadays, they definitely would do that. They would be like, oh, secretly, deep down, he is not the villain. He's a, Kane's just a misunderstood bad guy. But right. I do we like got this. No, we got a prequel story about how he became as evil as he was. And, of course, he was sympathetic beforehand and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. yeah. That's how uh, I see it. I do like how he is just unequivocally evil, though. Like, mm-hmm. he's just some mm-hmm. southern redneck who fucking just has his bigotries and just hates people and just evil person. I'm like, perfect. Don't need a next. Don't need too much with this guy. Like, you see him for five seconds, you're like, clearly he's not a good person. No. Can we talk about the, the quote-unquote reveal of Kane? Uh, which would be when... Um, um, Will Sampson's crawling into the cave. Oh. Taylor is his name. Yes. Mm. Um, and it does that pan around to the front of the skull with the fucking eel coming out of his mouth. Oh, yeah. That was oh. fucking effective. I thought yeah. that was super, super effective. Mm-hmm. But those are the real skeletons. Oh, no. That's the scene. Yeah, those are the real skeletons. And oh, uh, we watched it work hers, too. Uh, right yeah it's like the ring 
Oh you no. Know, seven days. Um, the uh, also there's <laughs> there's the scene where um, Joe Beth Williams is being dragged into the front lawn mm. by all those zombies. Why does that scene go on so long? <laughs> it feels like it's like like it, it should be a quick cut, but it's not. It keeps going and going to drags her all the way in and then it seals up and everything. Then it hangs for a beat and then she wakes up. We're like, what? Um, I think it's because they're like, let's let's have her just dragged out and just like scare the crap out of you. But I don't know, like, I wasn't really like that scared by that. I don't know. No, no. Like I said, there are other things that I think were more effective. Mm-hmm. And, and it's interesting too because they had to cut so much out of this movie and yet they left that full complete yeah, scene in. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And yeah. and even the even the, the beginning sequence with uh with the with with uh Taylor and the other shaman and stuff, it's like, why the fuck is this scene so long? Mm-hmm. Yeah, honestly, they could have cut that scene out. Like, I don't yeah. even, like, we could have just understood that he was some sort of uh, uh, medicine man, shaman mm-hmm. type guy without mm-hmm. that scene even being in there, you know? Uh, but oh well. It's so Spielbergy. That first scene is super Spielbergy. You're against a backlit, um, you know, you're against the, the, the night sky and everything. You're out in the middle of the desert. It's super close encounters y. And then you have this whole like flighty majestic magical moment thing with these spirits flying in the air. Like it's so Spielberg without being Spielberg, without having that excellent touch to it. Mm-hmm. They they obviously maybe sacrificed some plot for the effects and the, I think so. the, the the prettiness of this. Or not prettiness, but yeah. If we're talking no, about Yeah, no, I'd say prettiness as well. Like the the just the to, to to make to add to that aesthetic to make you feel like you're still in a Spielberg production, but mm. you're for sure as soon as that scene's over, you are not in a <laughs> Spielberg production at all. Hundred percent. Although the thing that felt the most Spielbergian was the moronic ending to this movie, which was like the when he gives the car to the shaman and then he just drives off and they're like, oh, we don't have a car. Oh no! And I'm like, yeah, I'm like, yeah, right. <laughs> I, I may have written down one of those lines for best line where he's like, wait, my car needs me, Taylor. And then they're chasing after mystery. That was. I, I, I may have been the embodiment of the facepalm emoji in that scene where I'm just like, what am I watching? <laughs> this is too much. It's so, it's so weird. I also like how it was great because when I described this to my husband, he called it a lasagna. But it's like how first you think that they're having troubles because their house is on an Indian burial ground. Then it turns out there's a whole separate, like, weird cave thing underneath that where other mm-hmm. ghosts are actually coming from. So it's just like a ghost. It's, it is a ghost lasagna, basically, like <laughs> underneath their house. We need, like, a segment of this podcast where you tell your husband about the movie and then he reads back what he thinks the movie is about. Like, <laughs> I love that it's a ghost lasagna. That's my favorite. Uh, I would totally... I think he would totally be down for that, too, because he's not always a horror fan. Like, some jump scares and shit are just not a good time. So, yeah. uh, if I described things to him instead and just got his opinion based off of how I described things, I think that would be hilarious. <laughs> it's, like a, it's a zombie lasagna. <sighs> okay, on to the next email. Uh, Brian says, family sticks together, dot, 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 except Dominique Dunn. Uh, that's yeah. that's, that's kind of tasteless, but it is, I, I think it's a good thing to address the fact that they don't bring up 
where she is at all. I think no, they say she went to college, uh, and then they never say anything ever again about yeah. her. Which I'm think... gonna choose to believe that Brian just didn't realize that Dominique Dunn got murdered by her boyfriend. <laughs> the, I want to yeah, be optimistic right? and think that too. But... Harsh, very harsh. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it, I do think there is something to be said for how it's it's delicate too because they never they didn't catch her killer until like. A, a long time later like he ran away changed his name like all that stuff so it was a tab it was like a really sticky situation for them to 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 work around which is another reason why i'm like why the fuck did you make this film mm-hmm. i would have you know what i mean there's so much bad blood in it and it's like yeah. it doesn't personally you know, i would have loved like you have her at college and then maybe like a shot from behind so you can't tell it's her but maybe like mm-hmm. They kind of, like, fake it through, I don't know. And then you just have Kane behind her, and you're like, oh, shit. Like, yeah. that would have been better. But well, the, like... I, the major point of this move, uh, of this series, and where, uh, I mean, where I have a big problem with the third movie, is nobody dies in this movie. They just get scared. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and I think that's really the point that they should have stuck with. And the fact that they, they do have a death in the third film mm-hmm. is... It's so it, it. Why did you fucking call it Poltergeist? It could have been something completely different, and Heather O'Rourke didn't have to be there because, I mean, she didn't really want to be there, and it ended up costing her life. Yeah. Okay. Uh, next email. Nicholas says I had braces when I saw the braces scene. And it really fucked me up. <laughs> that would. That would. Yeah. <laughs> Even like later in life, I got braces, and the first thing when I had braces, my thought was, "Fucking Christ, I'm gonna get like pinned to the ceiling by these things." <laughs> um, Hilarious. It is actually like a really effective scene, though. I mean, it is. It goes I, batshit crazy, though. It's like, yeah, like it comes out at first, and it's like pinwheeling around his mouth, and then by the time they get in there, he's fucking mummified against the ceiling. You're like, how the fuck did that happen so quickly uh cocaine is why yeah cocaine that's, that's exactly it the whole movie's feel by we just gotta get them all crazy yeah like it, it just feels like amphetamines i want to imagine constantly the craft services table but instead of craft services it's just food, fucking it's just cocaine. cocaine yeah <laughs> Nelson comes up he's like all right i'm ready to do the scene what the- just give me a little snoot i got a little snoot i got a scene i got a snoot so Correct me. I gotta chase after my car. Okay, that's fine. Let me do two hits because I'm gonna need it. Um, so Taylor, what, you're saying, what you're saying is it wasn't the skeletons. It was just hard drugs. That's what it was. The curse was. Yeah, yeah. It's actually <laughs> yeah, the curse is still skeletons, but the the motivation for keeping the series going was cocaine. <laughs> Could have been like a Frankenhooker situation where the drugs were laced with explosives. <laughs> I'm That's sorry. A- Frankenhooker is not a title that I have heard before. This is a movie, I'm assuming, right? Uh, yeah. Wait, Steve, oh have God. you seen Frankenhooker? Oh yeah. Oh we gotta, yeah. Okay, we gotta cover Frankenhooker on one of these episodes. Yes. I'm just judging by the name itself. I feel like it's something I would like. <laughs> yes. Oh, 100. It is an amazing movie. If anything, because there's a scene where a guy laces drugs with explosives and gives them to a ton of hookers, and the resulting scene is one of the greatest scenes ever. What the fuck? Okay, I'm definitely going to watch that. Um, 
So, but yeah, well, we'll, we'll we're going to do an episode on Franco Hunter. I think it's a, it's going on the list. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, this uh, is also kind of off topic. But I think <laughs> let's be honest. What are we I, on topic? That's true. <laughs> I, I, I was thinking the other day because because of course we're doing back to back movies that are related to each other this week. Um, the town that dreaded sundown. Mm, that's a good one. Yeah. Both the originals and the original and the spiritual sequel would be so much fun to do. Oh yeah, a hundred percent. Um. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Um, <laughs> no, it's okay. I was just writing down Frankenhooker and the, the town that treads and um, so, because as most people might realize listening to this, we are on the fly. Just like let's do an episode on this, and Hell that's yeah. how it goes. Like we literally put it on the list, and then like. Months later, that's when you get your episode. Um, yeah, so um, we're for the people. Yes, <laughs> but our our process is very uh, transparent. That's the way to do it. <laughs> um, okay, and then final emails from Dina, who said, "Are you all going to dress how everyone who made this movie is dead?" We've already done that, so mm-hmm. eh, go back like the last twenty five thirty minutes, give or take. Um, this movie was a bad idea. Yeah, I mean, saying that. I bad I feel like idea. the third movie could have been the sequel. I mean, I think mm. if the third was a little tighter, it would have been better. Uh, yeah, this this movie just feels way too redundant, and yeah, people didn't make it out alive. So, man, it sucks too because you could easily just put. Carol Ann's family for the third movie in place of where her aunt and uncle and cousin are mm, like because mm-hmm. she had you know her parents and her brother and everything and they could have just done the third movie as the second movie with her family instead and I think that would have been so much fun and if you had Kane for the third movie instead yeah. of whoever the fuck is playing Kane in the in the third movie it would have under so heavy makeup heavy, yeah. heavy heavy makeup and lots of hair yeah, well, they they did everything they could to try to shield from the fact that it wasn't Julian Beck. Yeah. Um, but it with the, like the, like it's crazy because like Julian Beck had like it's like he knew he was dying heading into the movie, but it like accelerated once he started making the movie. Yeah. Mm. So like like there's just so much just like red flags making this film, and the fact that they went and made another one, it's like yeah, the fuck. Why do you keep why do they keep fucking tempting fates? Like, I don't understand. Well, it's because it was the 80s, Steve. And when you made a movie, Cocaine you had money. to make a sequel. Otherwise, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> Sadly. I know. Retrospectively, I'm just, like, upset. Of course. <laughs> you know, all of these people could have still been alive. Like, so so many of the... It, it's, like, just, like, small, weird complications. Like, the Heather O'Rourke one is the weirdest one. It yeah. really is. That one is the most heartbreaking. Ugh. Well, like, and it a... leads yeah. to her appearance and uh, what her appearance looks like in the third film too. Like mm-hmm. that's what's the other weird because she's weird. She's like like really puffy mm-hmm. in the third film. Like yeah. her, and it's because she was misdiagnosed with the wrong medication, which ended up killing her. Um. Yeah. But I mean, uh, we'll talk about the third movie. Uh, <laughs> I know. I, 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 it's episode, but yeah, I mean, oh, I, I do really enjoy the third movie, like more than this movie. I do like the third movie. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay. Uh. Best line in this movie. 
There's a Julian lot Beck, of you're... a lot of great ones. Sorry, Julian Beck. Yeah, Julian Beck. And pretty much any of his lines are so fucking good. Yeah. Uh, I mean, maybe they're not the best written lines because obviously there's not like really great lines. Um, but you're gonna die in there, all of you. You're gonna die. Like it's oh, just yeah. so fucking great. But also, you got the cocaine Steve Freeling going. What the hell? What you gonna leave us alone? Yeah. <laughs> oh man, I like too when there's just a couple I wrote down because they made me giggle. There's one <laughs> where the dad uh, goes up to the shaman Taylor and is like, "Who are you in cahoots with?" And he, Taylor turns around and goes, I cahoot with no one. And I just made me giggle. And then I think during the scene where Carolina is being pulled towards the light on the other side, at one point there's a song in the background that's just like, God is in his holy temple. And it's just like this like droning in the background. But for some reason, it made me laugh. Like it just seemed kind of hokey. And I was like, what is this music happening? Like I yeah. understand it's the quotes from cane from like earlier in the movie mm -hmm. but it was just so like ominous in the background but in like a way that just seemed a little cheesy <laughs> yeah um i had one that was like kind of a weird throwaway line but it, i still chuckled just because at the ending of the first movie uh diane says oh they denied our claim again and steve says what and diane says i told you we never should have said the house banished into thin air yeah. <laughs> like as if American insurance companies weren't trying to screw you over to begin with. They're definitely yeah. not going to get your claim with that. They're like, um, <laughs> there's no way that your house just vanished in the thinner. But I do like that they address Well, find that. it. Well, find it then. Yeah. <laughs> Come to here and find my house then. Yes. I have evidence. It's gone. <laughs> um, but yeah. Uh, also, there's a ton of witnesses. You think somebody would have been like, yeah. yeah. Right? I heard this <laughs> like thing outside. I looked outside and I saw a house just disappear into thin air. It was weird. <laughs> like, uh, I don't know, the entire neighborhood or something. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, also, Steve holds a tequila bottle and the way he says tequila, tequila. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think right after that, too, he goes tequila. <laughs> yes. It's just great. It. it Steve's got some good lines in this. Yeah. I love I love the fact that Steve is like, yeah, I'm not getting a fuck TVs. I'm not getting a TV. And Robbie's so over the the like brutal scares and life-threatening like things that he went through. He's like, "Oh, we should just get a TV." Wait. <laughs> is it like, taking wait. me 40 minutes almost to realize that this movie has characters called Steven Taylor? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even put that together for some reason. That's I knew right. Taylor, obviously, because yeah. it's my name. But... That's no Kurtz. Funny. No Kurtz. No. We no. have to. We, well, Kane is kind of close to Kurt, but I don't. Ah, want to there you go. Kane Your conduit is Kane in this movie. Kurt. There we go. <laughs> there we go. We'll just imagine one of the skeletons was named Kurt. There you go. There we go. Yeah, there probably was a, a skeleton named Kurt. Yeah. Oh fuck. No, I was just looking through, and I'm like, Steve Taylor. I'm, oh fuck. <laughs> <laughs> this just makes too much sense. Um, okay. Uh, any other good lines? No. Mm, it's like this movie's not great. <laughs> no. no. The only line, like lines that I really in felt like I enjoyed were the ones that kind of made me laugh. So. Yeah. Um, just 
I mean, Steve's so ridiculous in this movie. I mean, there's also the, you feel like a leaf at the mercy of the wind, don't you? And then Steve's like, yeah, that's right. That's me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what? Yeah. I mean, oh, they, became, they, they became bros at some point. So they were I, super I... bros. He even <laughs> gave them his car. He's yeah. <laughs> also, too, this movie does have Nobel Craig, who... If you don't know of him, you can just look at his IMDb page. Like, he uh, he was really famous for, like, creature work and, like, putting on suits. Um, because he lost both of his legs yeah, right. and uh, one of his arms in Vietnam. But, like, he kind of just turned that into, like, him just, like, being, like, throw on some makeup effects. I'll, like, fucking walk around as a creature. Um, mm-hmm. And, yeah, he's in this movie. And, like, yeah, a lot of the scenes he's in are just fantastic, so... And to, if that guy does, if that vomit monster didn't give a cocaine leer at uh, <laughs> at Steve and and uh, Joe Beth Williams' character on the way out of that room, I don't know what that was. That was like, yeah, uh, he just like rubbed cocaine on his teeth and was like, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and Giger hated it. Really? He hated what they did with his creature because he designed that creature. That's. True. And the final effect, he was like, I, I hate this. He was sitting in his his dark castle of of uh, of animorphs, being like, "I hate all of this." <laughs> animorphs. I hate all of this. This is disgusting. Mm-hmm. I made uh, him sound like Werner Herzog for some reason, but you get well, the joke. Th- that's how it, it's gonna sound in my head from now on. <laughs> um, cool. Uh, dumbest decision in this movie. Um, I'm mine's gonna be the same oh. for both movies. It's gonna be the producers. Okay, I I realize I skipped ahead <laughs> a couple of things, but yeah, I just went right past best performance and best kill. But we'll stick to this dumbest decision. We're gonna just go off the beaten path today. I mean, um, there's I no kills like, and there's no gonna, kills in it. So I was gonna say, yeah, for both of those questions, do we really need to answer them? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Julian per- Beck's the best performance. Yes. Oh yeah, true, true. That probably would have been my only. I didn't have anything written down for this one, so. Uh, and best kill is when Kane disintegrates at the end. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> it is a pretty cool effect. I mean, yeah. it's not the greatest of all time. It's probably not even the best of this movie, but I was like, yeah. Southern redneck priest, clients, members, or whatever he is. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess technically his cult of followers died at some point in the past, but they don't really show that. Although dying yeah. in a cave from starvation would be quite horrifying. Yeah. Um. Cool. Uh. Yeah. That was decision. <laughs> um. Mm. I have a couple. Okay. I have one. Um. I think at some point Steve, the dad, says. About the uh, Taylor character, he goes, this is bizarre. But it's like, dude, your yeah. family is being haunted by poltergeists. And yeah, this, this is, is what's bizarre, bizarre to you? <laughs> like, that yeah. that seems a little strange. Mm. Um, and then I at some point, too, uh, like early on in the movie, I think the mom starts having dreams, like creepy dreams. And I was like, that should maybe be a sign shit's about to go down so maybe we shouldn't be so nonchalant right now about what's going on oh uh, yeah um, i think I those do. were the only like major ones that i wrote down for dumbest decision though 
I feel like a big part of this movie, of the mistakes of this movie, is the fact that none of them seem to retain anything that happened to them before. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, they've all just kind of, like, they, and they just went through it. Like, it's fresh. This shit's fresh. But none of them seem to, like, retain any of that knowledge or learn from anything. They're just keep, keep trucking, you know? Yeah. And it just, it's like, yeah. What? Mm-hmm. Things have things in your entire reality have been altered. I think that would right? kind of change the way that you lived your life. But <laughs> that's the one thing about some of these movies that, especially at the end of anything that's involving ghosts or the paranormal, the main characters just go back to their regular lives afterward, which is yeah. just like y- your entire worldview has has it not been changed? Like this shit has been proven <laughs> to be true. Should you not maybe be like? living your life a little like i would be living my life differently because i'd be eternally scared of everything that just happened to me so yeah, exactly. uh, ptsd nobody seems to have ptsd no it's no. just ah, oh, finally it's over we can just yeah. go back to regular life <laughs> nah, regular life doesn't fucking exist anymore sorry nope no we got to get rid of our daughter that's the biggest thing <laughs> yeah oh. Speaking of sequels that nobody really wanted and retrospect and most people don't think about, eventually we should need to do <clears throat> the other two Return of the Living Dead films. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even though the, the third one's wild. It's not anywhere close to the first one. It's movie. crazy. But the second I mean, I'm down for a while. That's the, the Glass Shard Girl, right? Yeah. Yeah, that movie's nuts. The poster, I remember seeing it when I was a kid, and the poster messed me up. I'm like, what is this? And then you watch the movie, and you're like, the effects aren't as cool as the poster. No, <laughs> they're not good. It's not good. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, look forward to back-to-back Return of the Living Dead sequels. Um, but, yeah. Uh, let's see here. Um, I think it's time to give this a score. Poltergeist 2, the other side. It's a rough film, but it's still weirdly entertaining in a lot of ways, so I'm gonna I'm gonna venture out with a six out of ten. Okay. Mm, I'm gonna copy your six out of ten. I think this this there are definitely, yeah, some tidbits that I will remember fondly, but other <laughs> than those tidbits, it's kinda like meh, like this. It's kind of just one of those movies that you you know it exists and you're like it, it exists. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'd also give us a six. Uh, so, six, 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 number of the beast. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. Now we're cursed. Now. <laughs> oh, wait. No, we didn't use fucking real skeletons like idiots. <laughs> no, we, no, no, we didn't. We're I also it. am pretty sure I don't live on either an Indian burial ground, burial ground, any type of burial ground. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> or or a cave where people died of starvation following a crazy cult leader. So I think That's fair. I'm, I'm hoping that I'm pretty good. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I, also, why? Oh. I'm gonna. Sorry, I'm gonna. Why do both the sequels get into possession? Like they both come in some ways become mm. possession stories. Yeah. Maybe. Wait, well, I, was that ever like, a part of it? Uh, cocaine. Uh, Uh, it's just like one of those tropes that i feel like some sequels rely on especially with ghosts and shit Mm -hmm. like oh it's gotta go inside somebody 
Well, maybe also because, I mean, this is just me making justifications for them, but it, it, because they don't have the original Kane actor, I wonder if that influenced some of it too, where it's just like, oh, let's uh, just yeah. have his ghost go into other people instead. That makes sense. We'll Which think is Carol kind of, creepy. yeah, it is a little hokey in some scenes. Like, yep. I didn't necessarily like how the daughter was the daughter and then kind of turned out to be evil ghost lady. <laughs> like that was, Oh, although, I can't wait to talk about that scene. Yeah. Oh. I shouldn't, I shouldn't talk. I shouldn't talk about that. <laughs> Sorry. I I'm jumping the gun on this one. Jumping the ghost gun. Uh, we're going to have so much to talk about next episode though. <laughs> oh yes. <laughs> I would say like, I don't know. The best way to describe Poltergeist 2 is it's uneven. Like yeah. there's stuff that I really like and there's stuff that just is moronically stupid. And it even it comes out to like yeah a six for me. It's not perfect, but it's like I still watch it. So mm. um, yeah, I, if I was doing like a Poltergeist marathon, I would not be upset about having to watch these. Like it's no. definitely they're definitely of a higher standard than some other uh, sequel movies for horror classics. But um, yeah, I think it also just goes to show how often we talk about ridiculous things in the third movie as opposed to actually talking about this one. Uh, it's, it's a little, it's, there's just not that much that happens in this one. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mute myself. Um, yeah, so, yeah. I mean, go watch the second movie and then probably forget about it and never watch it again. <laughs> probably the best way to do it. Uh, yeah. Uh, Steve, where can people find you on the internet? Yeah, I'm on Twitter and Instagram at the Steeple Dead. Uh, I'm also there on uh, Letterboxd as well. You can find, you can hear me uh, every week on the Shift with Shane Hewitt, uh, 11 p.m. Pacific on uh, the Chorus Network. Anywhere that uh, you can find that on your radio dial across Canada, and my website is stevestebbing.ca. Nice. Uh, Taylor, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, mostly on Instagram or Twitch, where my username is Techronomicon. Um, I got rid of my schedule on Twitch because I work too much and I'm tired a lot of the time. So uh, I just stream randomly now. But uh, a lot of the times I do like artsy stuff like bookbinding or crafty things or play video games or whatever my heart desires. So uh, feel free to come hang out there. Uh, otherwise, if I do anything else... I posted to my blog, which I just realized I still haven't finished updating. Uh, Circeanic.home.blog is the address for that. Awesome. Yeah, and I'm over at 3 where almost every other day we've got some sort of content going up. I know, uh, let's see, what was my most recent reviews? I'm sure I can pull this up. And then we can laugh at how bad some of these movies were. Uh, the Batman, great movie. Go yeah. watch it. Turning yeah. Red, good. Not my favorite Pixar movie. I but... really dug it. Yeah, interesting. I, I, I was like, a, this is a one and done for me. Like, I probably won't rewatch the same time soon. Um, Pieces of Her, not good. I'm sorry, Tony Collette. Um, <laughs> that that show is like a waste of time because by the time you get to the reveal of what it's all been building up to, you're gonna be like. Why did I watch this? Why? <laughs> uh, the Love is Blind season two reunion. Oh um, my god! <laughs> that 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 hot thing. I mean, I don't know why anybody who listens to this podcast would listen or watch Love is Blind, but you should watch it because it is some of the funniest shit I've ever watched on Netflix. So, oh, and then 
I feel like that show would just exhaust me. <laughs> like, watching all those people run around and do stupid shit. Oh, my God. One of my guy friends, like, he was, he just came up to me and he, like, ran up to me. He's like, Kurt, I've been watching Love Is Blind. I'm like, cool. <laughs> and also bizarre, but cool. And then also <laughs> fresh, which I enjoyed. Even I though did. Yeah. It, it wasn't perfect, but, like, Man, that movie is Sebastian Stan being a fucking psychopath, and I doing think it he, so well. He is a good psychopath. So I really like Daisy Edgar Jones too. I've never seen her in anything before, and I mm-hmm. really, really dug her in that movie. Um, also, uh, to to add to it, the soundtrack is fucking banging on yep. that movie. So mm-hmm. good, and the title card is half an hour in. Yeah. Half an hour. What other movie? Uh, I mean, is this a Gaspar No movie? Like, what's going on here? Well, and it's intentional too, because w- yeah. when you watch the movie, it'll make sense. Because the movie doesn't really oh, yeah. start until shit gets real. Anyway, it makes me very happy that I have been out of the dating game for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> True. Um. All right. Cool. Uh. Well, we'll see you all next time when we talk about Poltergeist Three. Bye yeah. For now. Okay. <laughs>